Welcome to the Radical Bureaucrat, a podcast for people who want to change institutions from the inside. Sounds like you're chuckling, Abram. Uh, today is Tuesday, April 7th. Today, Abram and I are going to do something a little different. Instead of interviewing a guest, we're going to highlight what we're recognizing as the two of the radical bureaucrats of the coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we should be clear that there are so many people who have sacrificed and demonstrated a giving spirit through this, like the countless medical workers who are giving so much of themselves. Uh, Mario Salerno, the Brooklyn landlord who canceled rent on his 18 apartment buildings for the month of April. All those people, all these people are worthy of recognition. Anyone um, really out there putting people above uh, things that are less important, frankly, than the well-being of people. Um, today, though, we're talking about something a little bit more specific, right, Sam? That's right. We're talking about radical bureaucrats. And like I said, we're going to highlight two of them. And as we tried to figure out who to highlight, we came up with three criteria. So number one is we were looking for people who demonstrated a deeply held value in the well-being of others. Yeah. And the second one is uh, people who are willing to contradict their employers for the greater good. So that's people who really thought critically about what made sense to best serve their colleagues or the general public or both. And they put themselves on the line even when they knew it went against their employer's mandates. That's right. And the third is that we were looking for people who actually lost their jobs standing up for their beliefs. A question we always grapple with is when and whether we would be willing to spend all our chips to actually lose our jobs in order to do what is right. The people we are highlighting here recognize the importance of the moment, and they knew they could not live with themselves unless they did the right thing. And we think this is a, a relevant question for everybody, because everybody who has a job has a boss, whether you're a politician whose bosses are the voters or anyone else at any level. At some point, you might be faced with that question of, am I willing to spend my chips on this? Yeah, am I willing and to these go people all did. in? That's right. Yeah, so we uh, when we started the podcast, we did season one. We, you know, we we had some really fun early conversations about the what exactly we were trying to put out, uh, and this idea of uh, rocking the boat without falling out, which is a reference to a specific episode. You'll have to hunt in the archives to find it. Um, was was like a really clear, crystal clear idea that came. You know, how do you rock the boat? Agitate. Uh, but not fall out and and not make everybody else fall out too. But also this, what we're really talking about today is is different. It's not rock the boat, don't fall out. Uh, right, Sam? It's Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should call the, the change the tagline to rock the boat and don't fall out unless it's a once in a lifetime moment and your sacrifice will make a difference for the greater good. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's a little long for a hashtag. Um, but yeah. I think listeners get the idea. Um, I think we might have to name the award after someone. So let us know out there if you have any ideas of stories that you think fit the criteria or who you think we should name the uh, rock the boat and uh, time very carefully and strategically you're falling out of it uh, award. Yeah, yes. That wasn't good Please either. Do. That was very wordy. <laughs> right, right. Um, so for now, we're just going to call the award the radical bureaucrats of the coronavirus. And we're going to get into it. So, you know, again, I want to say that in a moment when there are so many people putting their actual lives on the line, so many people are losing their careers as a result of this pandemic. We, we want to make sure that we're not 
um, doing hero worship here. Uh, everybody is making right. a sacrifice. Many people are making the ultimate sacrifice. And uh, we just think this particular type of sacrifice is worth highlighting. Uh, it's what the show is all about. So, Abram, want to start us off? Yeah, for sure. Let's um, start with the story of Chris Small. So I actually didn't know about this story um, until Sam uh, pointed out to me. Um, but I, I usually do well with stories and readings that Sam gives me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Chris Smalls. You better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chris Smalls was on Staten Island. Shout out to Staten Island, Wu-Tang Clan, and the whole family. Um, so Rock. in Staten <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so in Staten Island, there's an Amazon facility uh, where Chris Smalls was a um, was a frontline manager who started to field a lot of concerns from his direct reports workers mm-hmm. at the at the Amazon facility about COVID nineteen people with symptoms with questions about sick time with uh, issues and and uh, you know a typical uh, moment uh, where you become the 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 receiving point of all sorts of tension that's working itself out in the, in the community, in the organization. Um, and so uh, he, uh, Chris Smalls decided uh, really to lead. Uh, he he mm-hmm. organized and led a walkout uh, that made national headlines. Uh, and he started his open letter to his boss, which he published online at The Guardian this way. He says, Dear Jeff Bezos, when I applied to work at Amazon, the job description was simple. It said you need to have a high school diploma or a GED, general educational development, and you have to be able to lift 50 pounds. That's it. Now, because of COVID-19, we're being told that Amazon workers are, quote, the new Red Cross. But we Mm -hmm. don't want to be heroes. We're regular people. I don't have a medical degree. I wasn't trained to be a first responder. We shouldn't be asked to risk our lives to come into work, but we are. And someone has to be held accountable for that. And that person is you. So shout out to Chris, um, yeah, bold move, and and with the organizing and action to back up the open letter. Yeah, there's so much here. I mean, I I think about a few things. I think about number one, that organizing is has got to be a part of any strategy to to make a transformational shift and and that he recognized that and went that route even though he's likely to fail and he's already lost his job he he put it on the line and um he's had an impact uh i think about um you know he says they're telling us we're the new red cross um but we don't want to be heroes. We're regular people. I don't have a medical degree. I wasn't trained to be a first responder. And, and yeah. I, I, you know, the, I want to say uh, people with medical degrees shouldn't have to put their lives on, on the line either, right? They're supposed to have the equipment to protect themselves. First responders, may, they know that they're, they're risking their lives, but also they know that they should be properly equipped. And people in warehouses also should be properly equipped. Like they know that they're yeah. delivering an important service, but this is about... You can't just tell me that I'm the Red Cross, that this is a war on this disease, and and now I'm supposed to sacrifice my life. You know, I I often feel, you know, what we're talking about here is he was feeling exploited. And the feeling of being exploited for whatever reason in whatever industry, I think, can be familiar to a lot of people. And education, sometimes, you know, oftentimes school staff are expected to, to, uh, really 
you know, to allow themselves to be exploited for the for the greater good, even though we know that their salaries are are not what they should be, or or working conditions are not what they should be. Uh, and even if you are a great educator, you know, you don't sign up to be exploited, and uh, you're not there. <laughs> That's not what you're there for. I I think uh, we can, you know, most people would agree on that, and so. He's, I'm sure that Chris Smalls would love to deliver this service and, and, and also get paid for it and be able to provide for his three kids. Uh, but it crossed the line for him. And he knew that he was not only putting himself at risk, he was putting his coworkers at risk, he was putting his family members at risk by going in there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, no and, one. And then the last thing I want to say, too, is I mean, he knew, he knew the consequences and he did it anyway. And I think that's what you're going to see in both of these cases that we're highlighting. People know I'm probably going to get fired for what I'm about to do. And he did it anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's a real tension here. Um, you know, no no one is trained for, for what we're going through, right? Um, a lot of students, right, very early in their, in their careers or you know, what may be the abrupt ending of a dream of a career, right, um, are being recruited into a lot of crazy stuff right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was looking at a, I was looking at a chart, and I don't know, maybe this, I don't know if this is too um, depressing or something like that, but listen, I'm, I, I sort of every morning look through and see what kind of data has been released and what, how does that compare to what we've seen before? And this morning I found, um, on a Reddit thread, actually, the um, comparisons in d average daily deaths right now, every day in the United States and globally, compared mm. to uh, war long campaigns of the U.S. military um, and mm -hmm. then specific battles. And the, mm -hmm. you know, we're at, you know, the kinds of levels where societies are reconfigured. You know, mm. over th you know, things like battles in the Civil War where you get to Gettysburg and it's so bad, the number of people who are dying, you can't ignore it, right? And I think we're experiencing something like that in the space of a month. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, what I love about this story is that uh, it follows in a long tradition of people who stand with the people, with the laborers. Um, you know, that is about as New York as it gets, isn't it? Yeah. The garment workers movement, you know, all the way through to today, right? Like, yeah. um, it's part of the fabric of the city. It's a part of what makes New York City what it is, that people have a perspective on what their job is and what it isn't or shouldn't be. Um, and that, you know, that's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's one other thing I wanted to highlight about this story, uh, which is also very similar to what happens in, in both of these stories. And, and I think when you speak truth to power and you, you know that you're sticking your neck out, you can expect that something like this may happen, which is that afterwards it came out that in a meeting of top Amazon leadership, uh, one of the top level guys in the organization and the company uh, said that this guy Smalls, who is black and that's relevant, was not articulate and not smart. Hmm. And that that is really going to help them and that they should essentially play that up. And, and, and that the more that Smalls was putting himself out there, um, 
the more that they would be able to hold this up. And, and of course, they said when they fired him that it had nothing to do with this protest, that it was because they had quarantined him or told him to self-quarantine and he had come back to the facility during that time, that that, that was the, the reason they fired him because he was putting people at risk, right? The company wasn't putting people at risk. He was doing it. And when he, and what he says is that, well, in fact, um, I wasn't, I have, Coworkers who were far more exposed, who were not told to go home and self quarantine, uh, so they they were not quarantining me out of the goodness of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that kind of attack, you know, is something too that I think we're all scared of. I mean, we, we're scared of losing our jobs, but but just as much we're scared of the public humiliation. Yeah, and that to me is is. Uh, a, a real another level kind of courage. Hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what it's probably early days yet and you're probably at home like the rest of us, but um, yeah. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. All right. Well, there's another case we want to highlight. This one's getting even more press. Uh, in fact, the headline just broke like an hour before we're recording on this one. Um, this is about Captain Brett Crozier, who was the uh, commander in charge of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, a warship in the Pacific in the Navy. Um, and what was happening was, uh, I guess it's been about a little over a week, uh, they were starting to get cases of coronavirus on the ship. And, um, you know, these are ships where got, uh, the, the office, the crew um, bunk in very close quarters. They all have shared bathrooms, which is like the worst place to spread um, a virus. Uh, they eat in the same mess hall. And there's like four to five thousand people on this ship. And so very quickly, the number of people on the ship, number of crew members who were getting confirmed cases was multiplying. And um, and he also noticed that people were getting tested and they were coming back with negative results. But then a few days later, they were exhibiting more symptoms and getting positive results. And so he's like, this this is out of control. Uh, what he said was, look, what a test is only so useful at this point. Like we have a total disaster on our hands. And the CDC guidelines are very, very clear about what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to self-quarantine, and that is impossible on a warship. And so uh, who knows what he had done to try to escalate this. But ultimately, what he did was he wrote a letter to a whole bunch of people in the Navy. He, uh, he, when he was fired, he was he, – they the – I forget what the the acting Navy secretary said that he sent it to like 20 or 30 people. I don't know if that's true, um, but he sent it to enough people that it was leaked to the press. And not surprisingly, right? When you when you copy a bunch of people, when you go outside the chain of salut, when you go outside the chain of command, uh, you uh, in the military, you know, um, you you know what you're getting into. So like Chris Smalls, he knew what he was getting into, and um, Within three days, uh, this acting Navy secretary, um, Thomas Modley, fired him. But then Thomas Modley kept going. So he went and spoke to the crew of the ship 
And mm-hmm. uh, in his comments to the crew, he said he was he said Crozier was either too naive or too stupid to be a leader. And he dropped a bunch of F-bombs or something and, um, you know, basically slandered him. And uh, and uh, this afternoon, uh, Motley had to resign because, you know, fortunately, there was there was people knew who was on the right side of history on this one. Mm-hmm. Just like I think people know who's on the right side of history when you have an Amazon run by one of the if not the wealthiest, one of the wealthiest people in the world who um, is asking his frontline workers to put themselves in, themselves in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's where it's at, you know? And um, yeah, I, I think, mean, I, I, go ahead. I, I, uh, I started kind of down this uh, rabbit hole a little bit um, on fleets, you know, I kind of think of pirates of the Caribbean, right. Where, where Jack Sparrow uh, makes the other one uh, a Commodore and he gets a bigger hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's kind of this like thing in the uniformed armed services, you know, the, the, the bar, the bars and bars of metals and the, you know, uh, the, the idea of a career, a naval career, which grounds actually a lot of our careers. If we watch Star Trek or if we, um, you know, watched any of these shows, you know, West Wing, you know, uh, this kind of ideas of the military and how the military is organized, ideas of respect and really manlyhood, manliness, right? Manhood, Mm -hmm. uh, masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, On display. Um, Mm -hmm. And, whew, my grandfather uh, uh, was a United States Marine, and I only say was because he passed. The grandfather who passed me the name Guerra uh, was a United States Marine Corps Private First mm. Class mm. with a Purple Heart and a couple of other things and some really good stories. Um, and yeah, like the like these these folks serving on boats, confined spaces, right? Like wow. Um, you know, and the power yeah. structure that allows, you know, a trillion dollar ship to exist. Yeah. You know, and that that ship is at the command of this guy in this house, in this city, you know, on this river with these yeah, monuments, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, it's a massive amount of responsibility. Just, it's, a, it's almost inconceivable. Um, and I want to point out that, you know, there's a political context to this. The, uh, I guess there are some news reports that Trump said to fire the guy. You know, he got fired within three days after sending this letter, which is like, obviously, there was not an in-depth investigation of what the actual circumstances were. Uh, and meanwhile, Trump has pardoned a Navy SEAL who, like, clearly was assassinating people in, uh, I believe it was Afghanistan. Um, and so there's the leadership from the very top of the country, I think we're seeing at all levels uh, right now has it has an impact um, on on the context we're all operating in and the context for all leaders at every level. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just this what what both of these cases really highlight for me 
is the kind of critical thinking it takes to say the emperor has no clothes here, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. that is so rare to, to be able to, 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 A, recognize when there's something that is, this is not making sense. And then, and then have this, a strong enough sense, set of personal values to say, this is not something I can live with if I don't do something. And then have the courage to, to do it, even though you know you're, you're putting your job on, your li- on the line or that you are you know, going to potentially be publicly humiliated and, uh, and, and have lasting consequences, be blackballed potentially in, in your whole field. So, um, but the, the first part, right, Abram? Like how often we operate in paradigms where we, we're so accustomed to doing things in a certain way <laughs> and 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 then you say well, yeah. wait someone said we can't do that and it's like well no but 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 we have to do it that's the way we do things here right yeah it's tough i mean I, how yeah i mean i guess i say that a lot right oh it's tough it's attention yeah i think there's no right way through it you know i think that's I think that's why coaching exists and, you know, relationships with peers and, um, you know, with bosses and, you know, real relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that when mm-hmm. your person in the warehouse comes to you and says, look, this just happened with my family, right? Like you, you come mm-hmm. from a place of humanity, from care, right? Mm-hmm. For people, um, putting that first and foremost and then it's almost like too much yoga you know like if you hold the yoga pose too long you start to get a cramp you know like we're gonna be stuck in this position of waiting and and looking out for each other and all that um and mean you know whether here is this non-stop television news you know i was looking at this other data visualization of the relative price of different kinds of goods and the consumer price index which is how we measure inflation and the cost of college had tripled over the last 30 years 300 percent and the cost of cell phones and internet access had plummeted and so like you know we may not have colleges because they're too expensive and we can't afford them we might just have cell phones and youtube videos and zoom calls and podcasts that might be what drives the human race forward. And that's my, that maybe that's what we're learning sitting at home, trying to figure out how our Wi Fi works, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we just, you know, we want to say that again, uh, Captain Crozier, Chris Smalls, we salute yes, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, we salute uh, you. And I, I, I was thinking, it's not that I, I'm encouraging anybody uh, to, you know, tell off their boss. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, is that the secret motive behind this yeah. uh, theme? I, if, if my bosses are listening, it's not that I secretly want to tell you off. You Same. Know, I think that, but I, I uh, so we, we want to give that... Um, caveat to this podcast yeah they've um, already heard everything we have to say they know yeah if, they, if they're listening <laughs> uh but but my boss is a 
had someone else who's their, his boss, right? And yeah. and, yep. and so on Inanna, and so on. Inanna. And so yeah. so this is this is something that is, like I said earlier, I think relates to everybody. You know, when when do you when do you see that moment when things do not line up, and yeah. and what are you willing to do it in that moment? And um, you know, most people uh, won't find themselves in this type of situation in their life, but just so happens we're in a moment where a couple of these stories have, have crop, come to the surface. And, and we saw it before uh, in the national news on the, the Ukraine story with the whistleblower. Yeah. Um, yep. and so, uh, this, this is happening right now and, uh, yeah, seems relevant in, in to what real we're time about. faster than we can keep up with. Yeah. All right. So I think that counts as the uh, good radicals portion. That's kind of what we take away from all of this, right? Sure. Yeah. So we just, again, want to highlight those folks. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have nominations for uh, other radical bureaucrats who we should we should call out. Let us know on Twitter or, on, or through our website, radicalbureaucrat.com. And we're going to end by being good bureaucrats. The views expressed here are our personal opinions and do not reflect the official or unofficial position of any government agency, policy, party, leader, or really anyone besides the two of us, and maybe you, but maybe not. This content has not been sponsored or approved by anyone and was mostly just made because we wanted an opportunity to talk about things that matter to everyone, whether they realize it or not. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>